Today's gospel is from the fourth chapter of John. It's a, a, a lengthy gospel, and actually the next two weeks, so three weeks in a row, we'll have these lengthier gospels from, from John. And the, the church gives them to us because these three texts were used in the early church to prepare catechumens for baptism. And so in these weeks, as we get closer to Holy Week and Easter, when's the, when, when is the traditional time for baptism and entrance into the church, the church gives us these, these readings that are really packed with, with meaning and have a lot of symbolism in them, in them regarding baptism. Uh, one of the features of John's Gospel is that the people Jesus is talking to often are misunderstanding him. It's like they're speaking on two levels. Jesus is speaking up here on a spiritual level, but, but the people he's talking with are not able to follow him. They get, they're getting easily confused. So we notice that today when Jesus is, is telling this woman that he can ask, she can ask him to give her a drink of living water. And of course, he's talking on a spiritual level. It's the water of the Holy Spirit. But the woman's thinking on the, on the literal level, and she says, great, because I'm sick of coming to this well all the time. So she's miss, they're missing each other. Uh, and the, the disciples do the same thing towards the end of the gospel when, when they had just gone to get food, and they come back, and then they're trying to get Jesus to eat. And, and he says, my food is to do the will of my heavenly Father and finish his work. And they, and they think, well, did someone else bring you food? So there's, there's always this, this gap between the level that Jesus is speaking on and the level that his listeners are able to understand him on. And honestly, like, sometimes I feel that way myself when I'm reading John's Gospel. Like, I just don't get it. And, and so um, I think it's, that's an encouragement for us to, to really try to look deeply into the text, at, at the deeper meaning of what Jesus is, is saying and doing. So in John's Gospel, there's, there's a lot of symbolism that he uses, and we definitely see that in today's Gospel. It's interesting how much detail John uses, even when he's giving us the setting of today's Gospel. He tells us, that, he tells us the time, first of all. It's about noon. And then he tells us the, the place precisely. He says that Jesus comes to the town, of, uh, he's in Samaria, he goes out, outside of the town, Sychar, and, and he's at a well, and it's the well that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. And he's, he's sitting there exhausted and waiting there. If, if we were one of the first hearers of this gospel, and if we knew the Old Testament very well, this, this Jesus sitting here and waiting by a well would be very evocative for us because, because this happens a few times right at the beginning of the Bible in Genesis and Exodus where, there's, where a man goes to a well. And uh, we see it first when Abraham is looking for a wife for his son Isaac. So he sends his servant uh, to go find a wife for him. So Abraham's servant knows where he's going to find women. See, and he goes to the well outside of the city. 
And why does he know he's going to find women there? Because it was the woman's job in that culture to bring the water that the household would need for that day. So Abraham's servant goes to the well. He knows there's going to be women there. He makes a little deal with God before he goes. He says, I'm going to go to this well, God, because he's nervous that he's, he, he wants to please his master, Abraham. So he says, God, I'm going to go to this well. I'm going to ask a woman there if she'll give me a drink. And if she responds positively, I'll know that that's the woman whom you, whom you want God to marry Isaac. And that's exactly what he does. He goes to the well. Rebecca comes. He asks her for a drink. She gives him one. And he knows that this is the wife, the wife of Isaac. Another example, just a little after that. Jacob is searching for a wife. So where does he go? He goes to the well. And who comes along but Rachel, his, his wife? A few chapters after that in the, in the Bible, in, in the second chapter of Exodus, Moses has just killed an Egyptian in the desert. He's found out, so now his life is in danger. He's being chased. So he's, he's fleeing, and he ends up outside of the town of Midian, and he collapses in exhaustion and, and next to a well. And who comes along but seven women who are all sisters. They're the daughters of the priest of Midian. And the priest of Midian gives one of them to Moses in marriage. That's Zipporah. So if we're hearing this gospel for the first time, and we hear that Jesus, exhausted, sits down by the well, What are we going to be thinking? Where's the woman? We're going to be expecting her. And sure enough, she shows up. It's the Samaritan woman. This isn't the only time that, that marriage is a theme in this gospel. Even just in the course of their dialogue, Jesus asks her about her husband. And she says, I have no husband. And he says to her, you're right, you don't have a husband, but you have had five husbands. And now this this one you're living with now is not your husband. So we have this theme of marriage. What does it mean that this woman has has been in so many relationships? It means that she's searching. She's thirsty. She's looking for something. She's not finding it. But she keeps going back. To the same thing over and over again, probably thinking, hoping that finally now her thirst is going to be quenched. So she married the first man, that wasn't it. She married another man, it wasn't it. Another man is going back and back. She can't find what she's looking for. It's interesting because um, even the woman's going to the well day after day. It's a a symbol of of this very thing. Every day, the woman's thirsty, so she has to go to the well to quench her thirst. But then what happens the next day? She's thirsty again, so she has to go to the well to quench her thirst. And every day, she has to go back to the well. Because her thirst is quenched temporarily, but it's, it's not ultimately quenched. She doesn't find ultimate fulfillment there. 
So even her, this monotonous having to go back and back to the well as a symbol of all these relationships she's been in, going back and back to, to men trying to find what she's looking for. And we do the same thing. And we know, we know people who do the same thing, where we're looking, searching, thirsting. Where do we look? Well, it's a little bit different for every person, but we look... We look to our career to try to fill that hunger that's in us. Maybe if we just reach the top of the ladder, we'll get there. But a lot of people reach that top of the ladder, but, the ladder, but they're still not satisfied when they get there. That actually wasn't really what they were looking for. We look for success in other areas. In, in, if we're in, in school, we, try to, we might try to get good grades or be the best at, at athletics or... We, um, we want to be the most popular, um, uh, or it could be bodily pleasures too. I mean, this is, this is where addiction comes from, because we think we're just looking for that which is going to satisfy us, and we, we keep thinking that if we go back to the same thing, well then, finally we'll be satisfied, but we end up getting addicted, and, and we find ourselves in the cycle of addiction. I mean, this is how sin works. We're looking for something, we're thirsty, but we're not finding it. So we have to keep going back and back, searching. So that's, that's the state of the woman. <laughs> and that's, that's our state too. So in the course of this dialogue, Jesus ends up revealing himself to this woman as the, as the Messiah that she's been waiting for. The woman then goes back to town to tell people, I've found somebody. I think he's the Messiah. It's very interesting that John gives us a detail that we can pass over and think is insignificant, but it's, it's, it's full of symbolism. We're told that when she goes to the town, she leaves her water jar there at the well. So what does that symbolize? That, that jar, that jug that she's been lugging <laughs> to the well and back, to the well and back. But now she doesn't need it anymore. Why? Because she's finally found, she's finally found that which is gonna quench her thirst. She's finally found what she's been looking for. She's found the one whom she's been looking for. It's also interesting that the woman had five husbands and the sixth one that she's with now, not her husband. And now there's a seventh man in her life. And seven is a symbolic number. In, in Hebrew numerology, seven is a, a symbol of perfection, of completion, of fulfillment. So the woman finally has found her man, the one that she's looking for all along. Uh, throughout the Old Testament, God, God says, and he calls himself the, the bridegroom, the divine bridegroom, searching for his bride who's been unfaithful to him, but ultimately he's going to find her, get her, and espouse her to himself forever. So the woman also here is a symbol of, of Israel, a symbol of the church, a symbol of what God wants to be for his people espoused to them. It's another thing, last thing that I think is so interesting. 